if you brought your if you brought your relationship books, you can go to um, the section on I think it's chapter four, uh, section on conscience. Um, if you didn't bring them, we have just some some little uh, sheets. If you want to take notes during the message, you can. Um, this, if you also, if you don't get a sheet and if you don't have your book, and if you trust yourself, then you can take notes on your phone just for this. Because um, I feel like some of this we, we need to capture um, somehow. And remember. So, okay. We're in this series called Relationship Goals. And if you think back to the first week, we had a giant RAM chart. RAM stands for Relationship Attachment Model. And the RAM chart described different ways that we grow in relationships. And if you remember what it was, it was no, trust, trust commit, touch. Uh, hold on. All right. The RAM chart was no, trust, rely, commit, touch. So we are spending, we are spending a few weeks uh, so we, we talked about this last week on what we need to get, get to know about ourselves and get to know about others. What we need to get to know about ourselves and what we need to get to know about others. So last week, we talked about family background. Family background. So we need to get to know our family background because it has influenced us. We have, we have received blessings and baggage from our families. And in any relationship we enter in with someone else, they also bring their own unique blessings and baggage. Now, we talked about how this is really important, especially when it comes to dating, because sometimes the baggage that people have, you don't see it until you're in this long relationship with them, and it just implodes. So we need to know that family background influences who we are and who a person is that we might be dating or just in a long-term relationship. Um, tonight, we are talking about the second by the way, this is an acronym. It's FACES. So we just did family background. The A of the acronym is attitudes and actions of our conscience. So we're talking about conscience tonight. I think we could have just called it conscience, but I think the guy wanted it to spell FACES. So attitudes and actions of our conscience. And we're also talking about compatibility tonight. Um, so the first thing, we're talking about conscience. The conscience is your moral compass your moral compass, your self-monitoring system that keeps you in check. Um, it's like a compass. So um, I need a volunteer who feels like they know direction in life. Um, no, he's too good. All right, uh, for my example. No. All right, one person, we're going to go. Sean, OK, come down here, Sean. All right. So I brought a compass here. Give up for Sean. All right. All right. Um, all right. So, um, Sean, because we are all really interested, I want you to tell us where where North is. Okay, that's where North is. Hold on, hold on. All right. So, let's see. You're pointing that way. Okay. Um, well, you just moved your hand. Basically. Okay. You were like this. Um, okay. It's actually kind of like that. But he had here, it was kind of like here. But Give it up for Sean, everyone. He did a great job. You, you did a great job. You had it. That was awesome. Um, 
So your conscience is like the compass of your mind. It, gives you, it helps you with direction. Okay, so should I do this? Should I not do this? Is this right? Is this thing wrong? Should I head in that direction or should I head in this direction? Uh, your conscience is like your compass. It's the little voice inside your head that tells you if something is right or wrong. Here's the thing. Not everybody has the same internal compass. Okay? Not everyone does. Some people, have you ever been in a situation where someone's like, we should totally do this. It's going to be awesome. It's okay if we do this. There's nothing wrong. And you're like, I will die. My parents will slit my throat if I do this. Have you ever been in that situation? Um, so what is happening in that situation? Someone has a different conscience, a different compass that's governing their actions. Uh, in Romans 2, um, it, it talks about how even people who aren't uh, God's people, that they have God's law written on their hearts. Um, this is Romans 2.14. Um, it shows them um, his law and they instinctively obey it, even without having heard it. So there are some people who they haven't even heard about Jesus. They don't even own a Bible, but they have an internal sense of right and wrong. They have a compass. Why do they have that compass? Because they were created by God. Okay, so you, they were created by a maker, and that maker has left imprinted with them a compass that can tell them and give them a sense of right and wrong. Um, but as Christians, we believe that the world is broken. And so our compass is broken. Really, our compass is kind of not like, uh, it's not like true north. You know, there's two types of um, ways to give direction. Yeah, Andrew can tell you about this. There's true north. True north is based off of what? The North Pole. There's also magnetic north, which is what? The magnetic, the magnetic poles. Okay, so the magnetic poles are always changing. <laughs> so here's the deal. The magnetic poles are always changing. And so if you wanted to use a compass that was, that was pointing you towards magnetic north, if you wanted to use that to get from here to Disneyland, maybe you could do that. And that'd be cool. And that's magnetic north. Um, but if you were to use magnetic north, to try to get from here to Hawaii, you would probably miss the entire island. Because here's the thing, Sean, how, you, did great, you did great. You were like two degrees off. You knew where it was because there's mountains and it's a little bit easier because you know and then, you know. So, no, it, seriously, if we didn't have, if, if you were in a car randomly and I blindfolded you, you'd have a hard time. But you were two degrees off and that's, that's okay. Being two degrees off is okay for a day. It's okay for a week. But what if you're two degrees off for a month? What if you're two degrees off for a year? You end up missing the whole point. You miss, your, you miss the purpose that God has for you. You miss the people that God has placed in your life that he maybe wants you to interact with. You can miss the plans that God has for you if you're off by two degrees. Because two degrees will set you on a trajectory where you miss the whole island of where God wants you to be. So for a lot of us, our conscience is a little bit broken. It's a little bit like we're heading towards magnetic north, and we need true north. And we get true north from looking at God's word um, and what he says is right and wrong. So not everyone's conscience is the same, um, and all of our consciences are a, a little bit broken, a little bit fallen. So when I was in high school, uh, and you can kind of uh, tell me which group you were. There's one group of people. We're going to put them over here, actually. One group of people where you think um, you... you there's something, and you're like, this thing is awesome. Uh, I think that this, is, that this is great. We should do it. And then they go, and they do that thing. Okay? They're on this side. OK? 
Okay, there's another group over here where they're like, no, we shouldn't do that thing. That thing is terrible. We are going to die if we do that thing. And they don't do that thing, right? And then there's people in the middle. This is where I was in high school, where I said, um, that thing, we should not do that thing. We should not. We should not do that. And yet I still do that thing, right? <laughs> is that anybody where we shouldn't do this, we shouldn't do this, shouldn't do this, we're going to do it. Um, Adam, Adam was in um, my same class, and he, we called him like, we kind of called him dad, but he was also just our conscience. He was our conscience because he would always tell us, he was over here, he was like, we shouldn't do this, we shouldn't do this, we're not going to do this. If you do this, I'm going to walk out of the room. And he would walk out of the room while we would continue to do whatever thing that was. Right? So it's like, we shouldn't do this, we shouldn't do this, and then what do we do? Um, one of the things we did is we, this is terrible, we, like, we, we had a friend, friend, um, and we took all of his stuff out of his sleeping bag, and we had a ton of duct tape, and so we taped it all upside down on the cabin, and then we took his entire bedding and the whole bed and put it on top of the roof at camp, right? And so for me, Adam had no part in that. I was in the middle, because I'm like, we shouldn't do this, we shouldn't do this, we shouldn't do this, but, you know... Here's the thing, your conscience has two parts. Your conscience has two parts. The first part, your conscience has this sense of that's not right or that's wrong and it kind of gives you um, a little bit of conviction, tells you what's right and wrong. But your conscience also, um, it also is um, a driver. What, what word do I have here? I have, it's also an enforcer. It also not only tells you what's right and wrong but it also gives you the motivation um, to actually follow through on what you think is right and wrong. So if you're someone, you can have, well, I have the best conscience in the world, and my conscience tells me that that's wrong, but I'm going to do it anyways. No, that's also part of your conscience. The part, I'm just going to do it anyways, that means your conscience doesn't give you that, that willpower. It's not just knowing something's right and wrong. It's actually enforcing that and living that out. Does that make sense? Cool. Um, all right, so that is your conscience. Not everyone has the same conscience. Not everyone has the same sense of right and wrong. And you, um, have you ever noticed that in relationships? I, I joked about Adam, but some of us, we actually do this. In our dating relationships, we become someone else's conscience. So we say, you know what? Before we go into this group of friends, make sure you're on your best behavior. Or like we're, we're, maybe we're, we're with someone in a relationship. It could be dating, it could be not, and you hit them, and you're like, don't do that. Don't act that way. You know, and we're just like always playing someone else's conscience. Have you ever seen a relationship like this where it's like, dude, don't. What are you doing? That's not nice. Also, your conscience is where you get your sense of empathy from. So I've seen relationships where literally one person the whole time is just saying, don't, just think about how the other person feels when you say that. You need to consider the other person's perspective. If you are always the other person's conscience, it's a problem in a relationship. Um, you can't be their conscience. Cool? We tracking? Conscience. That's the first thing that we're talking about. Not everyone's conscience is um, the same. And often it's good-hearted people that ignore people's conscience. Well, you know, she's just, you know, yeah, those are little things that she does, but it's, oh, no, he, he just does it every once in a while, and we overlook all of these small things, and we try to be that person's conscience, um, and we don't, and we try to monitor them. Um, instead of letting them actually have their own sense of um, enforcement and direction. Okay, so that's the first thing we're talking about, conscience. Second thing is compatibility. So there's kind of two thoughts on compatibility. One, you might have heard this, you know, birds together fly, fly together. You guys ever heard that? Birds of a feather fly together. Birds of a feather, they do something together. Um, there's also the idea of when opposite, like opposites attract. 
Who thinks that, what is it, birds, birds, birds flocking together? What is it? Okay. Birds of a feather flock together. Okay. Birds of a feather fly together. Or, okay, who thinks that people who are similar should be together? Who thinks people who are different should be together? Who thinks it's, who gives up? I don't know. Yeah. Yay, okay. All right. So here's the thing. Um, before we talk about whether or not Mark should date Sally or whatever, um, before we talk about if they're compatible, I want to be blunt really quick with this question. Before we figure out, oh, are we good together? Because a lot of people come up to me. They're like, Joel. Then you could probably come up to your counselors. Do you like us together? Do you see us together? How do you like me? And they're, I don't know. Um, before we get there, I want us to go here. Should you even date? Should you even date? Here are six terrible reasons to date. I just want to have a boyfriend or a girlfriend. I just want one because everyone else has one, and I'm going to fit in, and I'll have someone to go to a dance with. Um, a bad reason to date is... I'm not complete without this person. They complete me. First of all, the you complete me phrase is probably one of the most unchristian phrases we could ever say because we don't believe anyone completes us. We believe our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ completes us. And if you try to make somebody else complete you, then you're kind of signing them up for something they can never fulfill and you'll always be disappointed. Um, uh, number three, because all my friends are dating. Number four, because you feel bad saying no. Mark asked me out, Jane asked me out, and I don't want to say no, and so oh, now we're dating for seven years. Because you want to be less lonely. So, um, because you want to be less lonely. Um, just a quick thought on this. Um, a thought on loneliness. There is something that's, there's something more lonely than being alone. And that's being in a relationship where someone doesn't know who you really are, doesn't know your heart, doesn't encourage you, doesn't love you the way that they should love you. There is a loneliness more than being alone, and that's being with someone um, who, who doesn't make you feel known and loved. And I've talked to, to parents who are in this situation where, man, there's, you can be in someone's house and be married and be more alone than if you were single. And you can be in a relationship with someone, and you can be more alone because they don't get you. And sure, you're dating someone, and you got Instagram photos, but you're alone. Let's be honest. You can be alone. So don't date to be less alone. Um, also, I'm all about dating in community. Like, that sounds weird. Date in groups. I don't, yeah, really great. <laughs> Thanks, Andrew. Um, so, no, no, no. I just believe, I believe that great dating relationships are founded on friendships. Um, so I believe that you can get to know people as, as friends, even better in community, and you can see how they interact with other people. Because if they're a jerk to somebody else and to their friends, they're going to be a jerk to you. They're just hiding their jerkiness, or you have your eyes so close, and you can't really see the rest of them because you're interested in this one part of them, and that's called chemistry, and we're going to talk about that in one second. Okay, um, you want to touch them inappropriately. Okay, that's the last one. All right, so before we get into all that, that was just like, should you even date? I just present you with those questions. I also present you with, why, would, why don't you wait? Um, it, I just want, I want you to actually think. This isn't me being passive aggressive. This is me encouraging you to think. Why, why couldn't we just be friends? Why should we date? Get a good reason. Get a good reason. These aren't them, all right? Don't come to me and be like, I want him to touch me. No. 
All right. By the way, that was just a high voice. That was not a girl. Just like the high voice. All right. Okay. Um. So there are so many websites, and there's Tinder, and there's apps, and there's algorithms trying to figure out what makes you compatible. Okay. So I'm gonna. This is gonna be really quick. I'm gonna do this in five minutes. These are thoughts on compatibility in five minutes. If you want to go deeper, look at your blue book. The first element of compatibility uh, is personality. Uh, there's three things within personality. The first one is chemistry. Chemistry is that, you know, you just feel you guys are just clicking, right? Just like song plays when you're together. You know what's interesting? Um, some chemistry happens like within a few seconds. But really, I was like all the movies I've watched over like Christmas break, all the Hallmark movies and stuff, it's usually like they're really, they're really good friends, and then the chemistry hits like, oh my gosh, you were so amazing the whole time, I didn't even notice. Sometimes chemistry can hit later after you've built a friendship. Um, you are teenagers. You have a ton of hormones. Okay? Hold on. So you can easily get into a relationship and for the first 90 days feel like they are the one. They're the one my heart longs for. You have this chemistry, this attraction to them, and they, they're everything you ever need. And you, oh man, you get really excited. And you, chemistry, chemistry. Here's the thing chemistry lasts for maybe 90 days. What happens when it dies out? Thank you. Um, so, here's, here's what. Um, this is not a, um, this is not me trashing, this is just me like, just kind of opening your eyes. What a lot of us as counselors we see is we see you guys fall in love um, and have whatever, you, you fall into chemistry and you have all these hormones that are shooting back and forth and you love each other and you, you just feel like this person is the one and you have, you, you know little about, um, little about each other, but you have this, this natural sense that wow, this is awesome and that's biological, it's natural that it's happening, but when that occurs, often, Two things happen. Often you go too far physically, um, and then you create chemistry based off of you guys being together physically. It's, it's basically false intimacy that props up a relationship that shouldn't be happening because you guys have gone too far sexually. No, this is true. And, I, and if you want to, man, we can talk about relationships that I've seen where this has happened. They probably shouldn't have been together based off of their compatibility, based off all these things. But when they had that moment of chemistry, they propped up the relationship with going too far sexually, and then they, they were just together. Um, because that because that was what happened, uh, and they become so emotionally enmeshed. And then with guys and girls, what it, they end up leaving that relationship eventually, and they hate people of the opposite sex because of what's happened, and they, they become even more emotionally vulnerable in the next relationship. Um, and there's healing for that if that's happened to you. There's there's totally healing for that. Um, but we also just want you to know, hey, when you're feeling those feelings of, of fireworks, this is when you step back and you say, hey, I'm feeling something here. Um, but I would love to work on our friendship and grow in our know, grow in our trust, grow in these things, because I actually want this thing to last and not be a beautiful firework of destruction that people from far away are like, remember them, poof, you know. <laughs> um, okay. Um, so that's chemistry. Um, yeah, we, we treasure chemistry so much in our culture, but um, it, chemistry can be misleading. It's like staring at someone from like, two inches away and being like, I love this person. And really you're looking at their eye and you're like, do you really love them or are you just looking at their eye? Chemistry can make you forgive. Chemistry can make you forgive clear flaws that someone has in their conscience. Because um, you're super into 
um, them in that moment. Okay, other thing, comparability, that's things that you guys have in common. So you might, um, you might like uh, be both introverts or extroverts, or you're both dramatic, or your emotional temperament. There are some things that are similar that you guys have. Um, another thing is complementarity. There we go, complementarity. Um, these are two things that are different, and it's how they blend together. So you can have someone who loves the beach, and they hang out with someone who loves the ocean, and it's complementary, and it's great. But what if you have someone that just is a total jerk, and then you have someone that just is really compassionate? Those do not, those are not complementary, okay? Those are clashing things, okay? So complementarity, okay. So that's personality, chemistry, comparability, complementarity. You guys are doing great, we got two more things. This one is actually the most important, Then I wanna just land here for a second, then hit the next thing, and then you guys are gonna go to small groups. This is values. Um, that says the wrong thing at the top, ignore it. <laughs> so there's three, three things, so values, the things that are central to who you are, um, it's family, um, it, it's faith, oddly enough it's finances, so if you were to ever go through premarital counseling or something, they would always wanna talk about finances. Um, so family, how is your family structured? Do you value family? Uh, how, how are your parents' roles? Um, what, what, is, what do you expect from family? That, that might be central to who you are. Okay, if you're like, I don't care about my family, and we're just going to fly wherever and leave them and go to the Bahamas, and the other person's like, I love my family, we see each other every single day, right? There's values there that are conflicting. Here's what I want to land on with this, though, is faith. Can you put that picture up? Um, this is space. Um, here's the thing. I really want you guys to think about I want you to think about what is, what is the thing that you value the most? What is central to who you are? What are you orbiting around? And for, for a lot of us in here, um, I hope that you get to a place where you would say that, that your faith is central to who you are. What we do a lot is we compartmentalize and we say, my faith is at church. And then it doesn't really spill into the other compartments, like a waffle. Um, and it just kind of stays... <laughs> No, some of you guys like waffles, and your faith is a part of this little thing, but not any other things. It doesn't impact sports. It doesn't impact your relationships. And I, this isn't the faith that Jesus would describe. The faith that Jesus would describe, it was central to who you were. Um, and if it's central to who you are, that's what you orbit around. And if there's someone else that doesn't share that faith and whose values are somewhere else, you guys might pass each other every thousand years, but they're not going to understand why you rotate, why you move. They're not going to understand what your life is revolving around. And you're, basically what you're doing is you're locking them out of the most important part of your life, which is your faith. And that's not fair to them. And usually what happens in those, those relationships is actually um, your faith ends up kind of waning out like a dwarf star, and then um, that's just what happens. Um, you don't end up changing them. They actually um, usually change you. Um, so your faith... Hopefully that's central to who you are. Um, and so if that's what you value, that needs to be in the person that you're looking for when you're dating. It's not fair to you. It's not fair to them. Um, so that's values. What are you orbiting around? Last thing here um, is just, this is the last point. It was like lifestyle. Um, so yeah, do you love to have fun? What do you, do you work a ton, right? So eventually, you guys don't care now, but maybe you want to travel the world for your work and the other person wants to stay at home. That's a lifestyle thing, and that will impact your relationships. So um, 
There's a ton here that maybe you'll care about in seven years, um, but I hope that those things that we hit actually um, shed some light on things for now. So we're going to be going to small groups now. Um, yeah. yeah, we love you guys. If you're interested in um, learning more about this or just getting prayer, just don't leave tonight if you feel like you want to talk to your leader. Stay. Tell them, hey, I want to talk. I want to pray. I need something because uh, we want to be here for you. Um, cool. Um, so many things I want to say, but I will say we love you guys so much. Go to small groups. Yeah.